This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the Spurs Chat Podcast. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. This is another transfer special, and I've got another very special guest on today to talk about transfers and Tottenham Hotspur. We've got Darmesh from Sky Sports with us. Darmesh, how are you? Chris, how are you doing? I'm very well. Well, it's been a very busy period for Spurs so far, and we're only in early July, nearly two months of the window left. Um, let's talk about the business done so far. Uh, Spurs have got four players over the line, Ivan Perisic, uh, uh, Eve Basuma, Fraser Forster and Richarlison. Your thoughts on these four players that Spurs have signed? Well, first of all, uh, Chris, every Spurs fan that I speak to is having to pinch themselves because this is far too early for Spurs to be doing business, isn't it? I mean, you're usually We're waiting. It. Yeah, you're usually waiting for deadline day. You love a deadline day deal. But look, Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici set their, st- set their stall out pretty clearly, didn't they? They wanted the backing from Daniel Levy. They wanted the backing from the club. And they said they want to get the business done early. And they've looked at the positions. And you've got to say that there's um, a positive link with every one of these signings, I'd have to say. Fraser Forster, you've got a a good competition there for Hugo Lloris in in the the goalkeeping department. Yves Basuma, I mean, it's a fantastic deal if you think about it. If he didn't have one year left on his contract... How much money would he have gone for, realistically? Yeah. 25 years old. I mean, so many clubs wanted to, to sign Yves Basuma. And if you take the contract situation out of the equation, 
then on the open market, you're looking at probably double that fee, aren't you? Yeah. You're looking at around a 50 million pound player, but because he's only got a year left, Tottenham have managed to get him for like almost half of, half of that amount. And then Ivan Perisic, someone that Antonio Conte knows very, very well. And it's not surprising that, you know, managers tend to do that, go and sign players that they know, who know their philosophy, who've played under them before. And even though some might say, you know, in his 30s, he's the shape of the player, for first and foremost. It's not an ounce of fat on the guy. And he just looks like he's very lean and, and still can do the business at the, at the top level. If you look at Luka Modric, I mean, when Tottenham sold him, if you were going to tell them right in the 2022 Champions League final, he'd still be bossing it. Yeah. I mean, at, at his age, Perisic, I, I don't see any reason why that cannot be a very good signing. Um, very, very good player. And Richarlison, that's probably the big one of the window so far, isn't it, for Tottenham? Close to £60 million when you add in the performance-related um, bonuses to that fee. And I think the big question everyone asks, and we probably did it on this podcast before, is when anyone joins in the forward line at Tottenham Hotspur, the immediate question is, well, how are they going to get in the team if Son and Kane are fit? It's, it's always that question gets, that gets levelled. I think this one's different, and I think this is a different Tottenham now. And it's a Tottenham that's um, going to be in four competitions. Yes, they were in four competitions last season, but let's be honest, there's a massive difference between the Europa Conference League and the Champions League, back in the Champions League, and you're going to need quality players and numbers in every single position. And I think uh, Antonio Conte's looked at it. And if you look at the likes of Son, Kane, um, Richarlison, Kulazewski and Lucas Moura, because we assume that you know Bergwijn is, is as good as done to Ajax, yep. five players in those positions, all quality players, that, and I'm sure that they'll all get game time as well because of the number of competitions that Tottenham are in. So what a start to the window. Fantastic start to the window. I mean, all Spurs fans that I speak to are starting to get a little bit excited. They won't let on how much and what ambitions they've got for the next season. But the way the transfer window started, I'm sure that they're, they're over the moon and it's not over either. I keep saying that, Darmesh, on the channel. I'm so excited and it is exciting times under Antonio Conte. As a journalist with Sky, are you surprised on how quick Tottenham have got these deals done and bringing in real quality? Because these aren't just signings, are they? They're, they're players of real quality. If, if you just look at the history of how Tottenham have done their deals previously, then yes, there is an element of surprise. But when you look at who's in charge in Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici as well, in tandem. And, you know, they've sorted out the structure there at Tottenham in, in one foul swoop, haven't they? I, I don't think we should be surprised because I think they always wanted to get their business done early. As soon as they knew they were in the Champions League, yeah. then there's the element of, right, we know which market we're going to shop in now. Because if they didn't make the Champions League, would all of these players, Basuma, in particular, would they would they definitely have come to Tottenham? I don't know. But I think they probably would have legislated for one or the other and would have, you know, put their uh, list of targets down uh, for Champions League and if they didn't make it and look good for Tottenham that they did and they're able to shop in that market that's, you know, the elite level 
player of player now, and they've managed to do a lot of their business very, very early already. Damage, what's the latest on Clement Langley? Because your colleague um, Sky Italy for Brizio Romano gave it the here we go earlier. Mm. Um, do you expect this deal to be done by the time that Spurs fly to South Korea on Saturday? I think there's an increased hope that um, the deal will be done on, on a season-long loan from Barcelona. Um, as we record this, um, Chris, the, the, the line that we're hearing is within 24 hours, there'll be a medical for, for Longley. So they're hoping to get that all sorted by Friday. The squad fly out on Saturday to South Korea. And I think that there's a, an increased hope dare I say, an increased confidence that Clement Longley will be on that plane with the rest of his new teammates. For those who are um, watching and listening who don't know a lot about Clement Langley, um, can you tell us more about him? Yeah, so look, from the outset in this transfer window, I think one of the priority positions for Tottenham was to bring in a, a left-footed central defender who could play on the left side of the three. Now, Ben Davies did a fantastic job there, but I think, you know... Maybe Conte is looking at increased competition in that position as well. Now, earlier on in the window, I reported that they were in talks with Inter Milan over Alessandro Bastoni. Again, Antonio Conte going back to what he knows. He knows Bastoni very, very well. He's played under Conte. Fantastic player. But Inter Milan know that he's a fantastic player as well. He's almost one of the untouchable players at Inter Milan. And even though uh, Inter Milan needed to raise uh, money from, from sales... They were trying all they could so that, you know, some of their their blue chip players of which Bastoni is one, they didn't want to do business with him because they could have sorted out all of their financial issues simply by selling Bastoni, but to the detriment of the Inter Milan squad. So what they tried to do is try and sell some of their squad players and maybe do business with the likes of Milan Skriniar, who ironically uh, Tottenham have been interested in in the past. So, I think once Inter Milan, you know, dug their heels in with that one, it seemed like that that wasn't going to be a goer for Tottenham, uh, simply because Inter just did not want to do business. But um, Longley was an, another player that they had been looking at. And I think they see uh, Longley filling that position, but also his passing ability as well is something that um, Antonio Conte has looked at and thought this is going to be a real benefit to, to the Tottenham squad. Uh, going into next season. And of course, you bring in another player of that quality who's got Champions League experience as well, with Tottenham being in that competition. I think Conte will think, you know what, I'm starting to build a squad, not only with quality, but with Champions League experience as well. The likes of Perisic has played in that competition and Longley has played there for Barcelona as well. So I think potentially an, another good signing. And again, Another one that will be done what within the first two weeks of July. So that will be five signings already. Yeah, fantastic. Damesh, it's been reported that it's a, it's a one-year loan, um, but with no um, option to buy at the end of it. Um, does Tottenham have something up their sleeve uh, for next season, perhaps buy Bastoni next summer? Look, I'm sure Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici will have a list of targets. And I think the long-lay one... It seems like one of those ones where, look, there's an opportunity there that we can capitalise on. We don't have to commit to anything. And who knows? You know what? If Longley performs fantastically well and he loves Tottenham and Tottenham love yeah. him, then even though there won't be an option, if Barcelona decide, look, we do want to sell Clement Longley, it could almost act as an option for Tottenham, couldn't it? Simply because they'll have got to know him 
and he might have fallen in love with the club. And it would be down to the player then maybe thinking, you know what, there might be other offers. I want to see what Tottenham want to do, first of all. But look, that's a long way down the road. Let, let, let's get the medical out of the way first and get him signed and then um, see how he plays. And then look, any, anything is possible with that one. Thomas, another player I want to talk about, and that is Jed Spence. It seems that we yeah. have been talking about this for weeks on end now. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's happening with Jed Spence? Look, Tottenham still pushing to get the deal done. Jed Spence, by all accounts, wants to go to Tottenham. Um, the information that I'm getting is that there's no full agreement yet between the clubs. Now, a lot of the noise uh, coming out about this deal and what's perceived to be positive noise about, you know, advanced negotiations, deal as good as done. I don't think that's coming from the Tottenham end at all. But the information I'm getting is no agreement yet. And it's one of those, you know, you told me, you asked me the question about Longley. Will he be there for the um, trip to South Korea? That There's an optimism that he will be, but I don't think the same can be said for Jed Spence unless there's been, unless there's massive developments in the next 24 to 48 hours. Because this one, I think could carry on negotiation-wise while Tottenham are on that pre-season tour and maybe even after they come back. So it's still, uh, look, talks are still ongoing. That That is clear. that A deal is there to be done. Tottenham are pushing for that deal to be done. Is it close? The information that I'm getting as it stands is it isn't close, close. They're, they're, they're still, been... There's still agreements been... to, be, to be made between the clubs and then you know, medical needs to be done and then personal terms. So that's still further down the line because the, the clubs need to agree fully, not only on the fee, but the structure of the payment and things like that as well. It's been widely reported that he wants to join Spurs, but um, are there any other interested parties at the moment that might come in and, and buy him instead? There, there was a lot of noise um, earlier on in the window, wasn't there? That There was talk of Arsenal, there was talk of a couple of other clubs, even Manchester United. But I think... Um, the feeling is that he does want to go to Tottenham. Tottenham want to do the deal. So, look, all parties, I think, are there, hopeful that a deal can be done. It's just where the status of the deal is. There's, there's a bit of conflict about who who's reporting what. And I think a lot of the noise coming from the northeast, in particular, is suggesting that it might be further along than it actually is. I can only give you the information that I've been given. Look... Yeah. What, what they're saying in the northeast that could transpire to be the truth. But from what I've been told, there's still some way to go on this deal. And there's still a lot of negotiating to do before a deal can be agreed between clubs and then with the player as well. Dimash, there's lots of talk at the moment about Tottenham uh, or Antonio Conte wanting yet another uh, centre-back um, and certainly a, a right wing-back um, and perhaps a creative midfielder. Um, I suppose looking at anybody else at the moment that you know of? Those are the ones that I've, I've been told about, Clement Longley and, and Jed Spence. Um, the creative midfielder is the interesting one because as of yet, I'm not getting too much information on that side of it. Maybe Spurs have got something and someone in mind, but probably just trying to get these deals out of the road, first of all. Yeah. I mean, come on. You're getting a little bit greedy here, aren't you? You're getting five deals done potentially before the first <laughs> second week of July. And suddenly, suddenly Spurs want every single deal done before the season starts. So look, that could still happen. They are on course to be able to do that. I think that's what um, exactly what Antonio Conte would have wanted to do at the start of this transfer window. I mean, the complete ideal scenario would have been if they can get every single bit of business done 
before they go on preseason. And then Antonio Conte, remember, this is his first preseason. If, yeah. if Tottenham fans should be quite excited about this because he's got them to fourth place and into the Champions League without a preseason. And, you know, all of the noises before, there were lots of people saying, you know, Tottenham wouldn't be able to lure Antonio Conte to, to Tottenham simply because he's not one of these guys who likes to come mid-season because he likes to, you know, stamp his authority on a squad and bring in the players that he wants. Whereas he's inherited a lot of this squad, well, the entire squad, and now he's trying to mould it into an Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici Tottenham, as opposed to what he had when when he arrived. And so I think it should be viewed with a, a deal of excitement, simply because if he's done all of this so far without a pre-season and without yeah. the players that he wanted to bring in, I mean, if you look at what happened in January, Ventancourt and Kulusevski, two players he knows very, very well. Two players Fabio Paratici knows very, very well. And every Tottenham fan that I've spoken to, I've not seen every single one of their games, but every time I see them play, I'm like, wow, yeah. these two, are, I mean, they've made a huge difference. And were they the difference between potentially Champions League and Europa League? Some Tottenham fans would argue yes. So if they're doing that with two signings, in January, you know, within a couple of months of him arriving, him and Paratici would have been speaking about what kind of squad they'd want to build from the moment they got there. So they've had that seven months until the end of the season while they were in charge then. And now they've got the summer transfer window and a full pre-season with players that Paratici and Conte will have brought into the club themselves. Exciting times, I've got to say, for Tottenham. Yeah, big time. Um, Damesh, are you surprised? And, and do you know the reason why Christian Eriksen didn't join Spurs? Why Spurs didn't want him back? No, not entirely. I, I, I was speaking to one of my colleagues who covers Tottenham quite a bit, and I think you've had him on the show before, in, in Michael Bridge. Yeah. He, he, he says to me, look, he, he understood that there was a, a, a little bit of an interest in Eriksen before. I just wonder, look, Eriksen's played under Conte before at Inter Milan. So, he knows what Ericsson can do and he knows what he's all about. It's whether he feels Ericsson would have fitted in to what he's trying to do with this Tottenham. Um, mm. Because if you remember, he wasn't entirely a regular under yeah. Antonio Conte um, in that um, Serie A title-winning season for Inter Milan. So, you know what? I, I don't think we should be surprised that Tottenham were interested. And about, I don't think we should be surprised that Tottenham didn't pursue that deal. And on the flip side as well, for Christian Eriksen, he's played at Tottenham for a number of years. He's played Champions League football with Tottenham as well. And I, I wonder whether, if he wanted a new challenge, whether he thought, you know what, a new challenge may represent going to a, a club like Manchester United. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to play there before. I think they were interested in him before and, and he decided to stay at Tottenham circumstances may have changed for him. He might have just thought, you know what? New challenge perhaps means new club as well. So I think it might be a mixture of factors why, why Ericsson didn't pursue Tottenham and Tottenham didn't pursue Ericsson. But I mean, I don't think it can be underestimated the fact that, you know, Ericsson has played under Conte before, wasn't entirely a regular feature for him. But, you know, you're talking about that attacking midfielder, the, the, that player who can feed those balls through. And some Tottenham fans that I've spoken to were thinking, you know what, that Ericsson would have been absolutely perfect for us, wouldn't he? But yeah, look, 
for whatever reason, that, that that's the decision he's taken. That's the decision Tottenham have taken. Damesh, we've both used the word exciting a couple of times on this show so far. Um, now, I'm excited about what Tottenham are building, what Antonio Conte is building at Spurs at the moment. In your opinion, what else does Spurs need in this window to really challenge and be up there with the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool? Because we all know that Antonio Conte loves to win a league title. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not just Tottenham. What does every other club need to do to catch Liverpool and City? If you, if you look at what Tottenham have done, though, um, I think the gap is quite big between Liverpool and City and the rest. But if you think about, I know it's funny to, to do, do I don't entirely agree with it the whole time when they do these league tables. Since Antonio took charge, this is what the league table would have looked like. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they were an outright third behind yep. Liverpool and City. Now, there's still a gap there, of course, because we all know the quality of Liverpool and City. And imagine what's going through the heads of all the chasers when within two weeks of the transfer window opening, yes, Tottenham have done a lot of good business, but City have bought Haaland, Alvarez, Calvin Phillips, Liverpool break, you know, spending close to like £85 million, Darwin Nunes all in, bringing uh, Calvin Ramsey to you know, support the uh, competition for Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Yes, Salah signing a new contract. So I just think they extended that gap maybe quite early on. So I think everyone was playing catch-up. But of all the teams, if you look at what's happening at Chelsea, new owner, they're still trying to get their feet under the table and, and bring in players. And everyone talks about, oh, Todd Bowley's got to make a statement. I think it's more than just making a statement. I think Chelsea, regardless of whether it was a new owner or not, need players because mm. they're simply losing so many. I mean, Thiago Silva must have walked in to pre-season training and said, well, where are all the central defenders gone? Christensen's gone. Rudiger's gone. There was talk about Aspilicueta potentially going. Alonso as well. So I think a lot of the clubs are still playing catch-up, but of all the teams... You've got to say Tottenham have done some very, very good business and they seem to be the ones who, even though um, Conte's only been there a few months, the most stable because they kept all of their big players who they wanted to keep and they've added good, good quality to that squad as well. What do they need to close the gap? It's difficult, but one thing that they can take confidence from is... Look at the results they got against Liverpool and City last season. Yeah. Didn't lose either game against Liverpool, beat City home and away. So when you look at it like that, is it just, is the gap not as big as maybe people think? And is it a case of in those games where they're expected to win and expected to win well, when they weren't winning those games last season, if they can turn those draws and defeats into draws and wins, that gap becomes a lot smaller, doesn't it? Damish, what, what else do you think? You're is already dreaming about the title, aren't you? Well, we can all dream. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I want a trophy. I tell you, um, I, you know, a lot of people laugh um, at me on this channel because I talk about trophies every day. Whenever I do a live stream, whenever I do any videos and put them out, I'm always talking about trophies because they're so long overdue at Spurs. And when you think Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, now Antonio Conte, and of course Conte is being backed, um, let me put it another way. 
What do you think is on Antonio Conte's shopping list? You know, he's remaining players that he wants on the shopping list in what positions? What do you what do you think is on that list still? I think we we mentioned it just there. I mean, the attacking midfielder, I think, is is the the one that he will want to bring in. You've got a situation now where, you know, the likes of Endon Bele and La Celso, which I'm sure we'll touch on now, but I'm sure we'll talk about in a yep. bit, maybe out of favour, maybe doesn't fancy them. So is there, if they can, you know, maybe do a bit of dealing where they can raise some funds in other areas by uh, releasing some players, then, you know, is there yet to be one big, big coup, if you like, in, in an attacking midfield role for Tottenham in the remaining, what, two months still? It's, yeah. it's such a long time to go to be able to get a, a deal of that magnitude over the line. But like I said, Conte wants to do it yesterday. So I'm sure they will have their list. I'm sure that they'll be doing their due diligence and I'm sure that they'll be looking and talking to people about potential players. So, and, and the big thing for Tottenham just now, they can invite players and say, come and have a look at our training ground. Yeah. Come and have a look at our stadium. Oh, by the way, um, can you hear that music? Yeah, that's the Champions League music. That's going to be reverberating around this stadium as well. What more do you want? Damesh, I think you're equally as excited as I am. I wouldn't go that far, but I can see... <laughs> I can see I'll put it this way. I can see why Tottenham fans are very excited. B simply yeah. because of the business that they're doing and the man that they've got in, in charge. I, you know what? I haven't... When, when you... Especially with Tottenham, but with every club, when, when they lose or draw a game... You know, the fans are on the manager's back and, oh, what's he done that for? Even when Tottenham lost last season, no one was blaming Conte, were they? At no. all. Nobody. It was like, it's definitely not his fault. He's a brilliant manager. It's the players. Yeah. Which is like, you know, there's a slight change of tack there. So I think what Tottenham can offer as a package now is, is really tempting for, for players and big players to come to that football club. And we've seen it already in this window. Absolutely. Let's talk about departures. Um, what players do you see going out the door at Spurs? Uh, reports uh, come out yesterday stating that Giovanni Lo Celso and Tongi Ondombele perhaps wouldn't be a part of Antonio Conte's plans next season. Can you confirm that? Or can you confirm uh, that you know about any players possibly, possibly leaving very soon? Um, I mean... I don't know of any done deals or how close certain deals are just now, but I mean, you mentioned those two names and on it's, it's a real conundrum, isn't it? When you speak to Tottenham fans about this, because I'm sure that Tottenham fans have seen, you know, moments of absolute brilliance from this guy, yeah. but not on a regular basis. And so it just seems that Conte doesn't fancy him. Conte's come in and it was his decision that he's going to go on loan. He started the season, if I remember correctly, with you guys, didn't he? And yeah. then he went on loan for the second half of the season when Conte was in charge. So yeah. it was a Conte and Paratici decision. You've got Lo Celso, who had a really good loan spell um, at Villarreal last season, got them, you know, helped them get to the semi-finals of the, of the Champions League as well. So for, you know, Conte to be making decisions like that and then bringing in players already in this transfer window, you get the feeling that if good enough offers were to come in, 
for the likes of Endon Bele and Lascelles. So I think Tottenham would be open to talking to other clubs about them. I, I just think that, you know, maybe Conte is thinking more or the club is thinking more. Are they thinking permanent rather than loan or at the very least alone with an obligation with some of these players so that he can focus on what squad he's going to have? Because, you know, you're in that situation, even though Tottenham are making all of these signings. And I'm sure a lot of other clubs are who let players go out on loan. If those loans don't come with an option or an obligation and they come back to the club, it's like, oh, you're back. What are we going to do? The, the end on ballet one is an interesting one, though, simply because of the club record signing at the time. So I, I, I'm sure that, you know, Tottenham were desperate to want that to work. And, you know, I think they did try under, you know, two or three different managers. They tried, but it just hasn't worked for him for whatever reason. And you speak to a lot of Tottenham fans and say, well, is Ndombele uh, going to fit into how Conte wants to play? That's questionable. Will Lacelso fit into how uh, Conte wants to play? Again, questionable. So I wouldn't be surprised if offers came in for those two players again, that Tottenham would be open to them. The other ones that you look at, Harry Winks, there has been, you know, talk of talks with Everton. Uh, it, was, it was thought Everton wanted to loan with, with an option, whereas Tottenham were looking for more a, a sale or at least a loan with an obligation to buy. And like, you know, they've, they've beefed up the midfield area now as well. So how much game time realistically is Winks going to get in the current setup? Joe Roden is, is another interesting one as well. Again, if you look at these players that I'm talking about, none of them were brought in by Antonio Conte, were they? So he is trying to make it Antonio Conte's Tottenham. Fabio Paratici's Tottenham. And Joe Roden, I think this will come from him as well. Um, I'm sure Tottenham won't have any issue keeping him. There, there might be some game time for him if, if he was to stay. But Roden has got something, uh, the small matter of a World Cup for Wales. Yeah. They've reached it for the first time in, in 64 years. And I'm sure he, like with the likes of Gareth Bale, with the likes of Aaron Ramsey, for those four months at least, are going to be wanting to play regular first-team football from the beginning of next season to make sure that they're match-fit going in to that World Cup. So I think that will come from both ends as well. I'm sure Roden will be pushing to find out where he can get regular first-team football, be it on loan or a permanent deal. So I'm sure Tottenham wouldn't stand in the way of Roden if, if um, he was to get an offer somewhere. And again, if he was to say how much game time would he get realistically, given Longley is on his way and, and the other central defenders that are already at the club. Regulon, another interesting one. I'm told today that if offers came in for, for Regulon, maybe Tottenham would um, consider offers for him. And um, Tangai, uh, Tanganga, sorry, um, Jaffet Tanganga, he's another one who... Had quite a bit of game time when Nuno Espirito Santo was the manager last season in the first half of the season. And that kind of fell away through injury and, and when Antonio Conte came. And I'm sure if an offer came in for him, then maybe Spurs would be open to it. So there are a number of players, I think, that are in the squad at the moment. But if offers did come in, Tottenham may well be open to allowing them to leave. Damage, is there any interest in any of those players that you mentioned um, at the moment from any clubs? And also what I wanted to ask is that 
you know, the likes of Tongyon Dombele and Giovanni Lo Celso, to, to point to those two, would you expect them to go on the plane to South Korea and be a part of that squad if Antonio Conte does not fancy them for next season? Does he make them a part of pre-season? Yeah, I've asked this question today to somebody. The information that I've been given is that this squad for South Korea won't be finalised until Saturday. Now, you'd imagine if any of these players are in the process of transfer negotiation and, and it's close, shall we say, then there, then there might be a reason there to say, you don't have to come on the plane. See if you can get this deal sorted in the next couple of days. If it looks like it's going to get elongated and, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, you can fly in later. That That's a possibility that could happen. Um, and also with COVID testing as well, that's why they'll leave it until the last minute uh, as to who flies onto, on, on, onto South Korea and who doesn't. But with regard to um, concrete interest, at the moment, look, we're, we're making calls about various players, but the, the only thing that we're getting out of the club just now at the moment is the fact that the long lay one is in, is in process. And with regard to uh, clubs that are interested in the other players, I think there is interest. How far that interest has gone, it doesn't look like it's gone to the place where we're saying this is a, a deal that's close to happening. It looked like the way for Harry Winks a few weeks ago to Everton, but even that one seems to have quietened down a bit now. A couple of players uh, possibly going out on loan. Uh, Brian Hill, Matt Asar, um, Dane Scarlett and Alfie Devine. Um, do, you think, do you think Antonio Conte will, will give any of them a chance or do you think all four of them will possibly go out on loan for next season? Again, there's a possibility. Uh, I think what Antonio Conte has got on his side in one way is the fact that once the season starts, there's still 26 days of the transfer window. So if he was to allow some of these guys to go out on loan, there's no reason why he might just think, let's just wait until the latter half of yeah. August before we make a final decision on any of them, simply because if there are injuries to any of his players, then maybe I won't be allowed, I won't feel comfortable allowing this particular player in that position go out on loan. I think the, the Brian Keel one is, a, is another similar one that we've seen with Ndombele and Lo Celso. Again, not an Antonio Conte uh, purchase. And, it, and he was getting, you know, uh, uh, some sort of game time under Nuno Espirito Santo. New to the Premier League, of course. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, look, it's always that one first season. You need to just sort of bed in new culture, new language, new country, new league, all that kind of thing. But I think Conte may have made his mind up about Kiel quite early. And I think Tottenham were quite clever because if he had, if they felt that maybe um, Kiel wasn't suited to the Premier League and they had maybe ideas about selling him at some point, if they tried to sell him in January when he hadn't had that much game time, I wonder what the price would have been. I don't think they would have been able to command such a big transfer fee. But what Tottenham have done, which is quite clever, they sent him back to Spain. Yeah. And by all accounts, he played very, very well on loan. And so when he comes back to the club, his value suddenly is a lot better than it was when he left in January. So Tottenham can then make a decision. Who knows? They might even think, actually, you know what? How you've performed is exactly how we want you to perform for Tottenham. However unlikely that is. But on the flip side, 
look, um, our squad is full. We don't think it's going to work out. We're going to try and get you a permanent deal. And the price might be more suited to Tottenham than it would have been back in January. So I think they've been quite clever with that one. So I would expect Kiel not to be part of, of the uh, the squad uh, going forward into next season, simply because Conte seems to have made his mind up about that. The, the other players that you mentioned, especially Scarlett, of course, one for the future. Um, I'm sure Conte will have a look at him. If he does go on that preseason tour, who knows? You know, that these are uh, sometimes these tours, you, you see some of these younger players really get an opportunity to shine and either give the manager a nudge to say, look, let me be part of your squad or give other clubs a nudge. And, and then Tottenham will think you can get regular first team football at this club. Go and do that for six months to 12 months and then come back and then we'll see where we are. Darvish, what do you think the real aim for Antonio Conte and Tottenham Hotspur Football Club um, are for next season? Is it to maintain a title challenge to, to keep up the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City? Or do you think that the, the real aim is just, just to put a, a trophy in the cabinet? Because, as I said earlier, trophies are way overdue at Tottenham. I think if you ask any Tottenham fan, uh, and if you offered them top four next season with a cup, a domestic cup, I think they'd you'd snap my hand off, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that has to be the aim. As much as top four was a fantastic achievement for Tottenham, I think the trophy is beginning to become a real a real noose around the neck, isn't it? 2008, if I'm not mistaken, the League Cup, that was the last That's one. Wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, we're entering the 15th year now without a trophy. And that's simply far, far too long for a huge club like Tottenham. So I'm sure um, everything now is in place more than it, even more so probably than you'd say it was under Mauricio Pochettino when they had those title challenges. But it just seems to be uh, a real good place to be Tottenham just now, to be able to challenge, not only for a top four. And look, you guys are dreaming, I know. So why not challenge? challenge Liverpool and City and also a, a domestic cup as well. So a top four and a domestic cup, I think, is a realistic aim for Tottenham next season. I just want to hear you say, Damesh, the trophies are coming. <laughs> I, I can't go. I, there's only there's only a few to play for. I, I can't, I'm not going to say that. Um, lastly, um, Antonio Conte and Harry Kane, would you expect them to sign new contracts before the start of next season? Oh, good question. Um, I'm not sure what uh, the process is just now with regard to the contract situation with either. With with Antonio Conte, he is he is a very single minded individual, and that's why he's been so successful. And one of the reasons he's so successful is because. He needs things done his way. Now, at the moment, he asked for that business to be done early. He asked for the backing from Daniel Levy and the Tottenham board. And I think, you know, if he turns around and has a look at what's happened so far, a month into this transfer window, I don't think he can have many arguments so far. And so mm. I think he's in a good place just now. He's got his first pre-season underway at Tottenham with what looks like what he wants his squad to look like, barring a, a couple of more additions and barring a few of the players that he may want to, to release. So 
everything looks rosy for Conte and Tottenham at the moment. Will he sign a new contract? He'll decide when he wants to sign a new contract. He's got a year left on this one. I'm sure uh, Tottenham will be knocking on the door at regular intervals to just say, Antonio, quick, quick chat about the contract. And he will decide when and if he does sign that. Because if things don't go well for him and he doesn't get what he wants in certain situations, then he's shown before that he's more than happy just to say, look, this is not working out and, and, and getting out of the door. But as it stands, there's no reason to feel like that in any way, shape or form, because everything that he's asking for appears to be coming to fruition. With regard to Harry Kane, two years left on his contract, if he was going to leave Tottenham, I think the optimum time was last summer yeah. when all of the talk was there. I mean, we know that he, he wanted to leave. There was offers from, from Manchester City. But now if you think about it, Tottenham are in the Champions League, potentially challenging for for the title, as you say, for, for cups at the very, very least and, and top four finishes at the very, very least with a manager who's been there and done it and is one of the blue chip managers in in world football. And if you think about um, all of the big clubs potentially where Kane could go, who are playing Champions League football, there aren't really any that could tempt him at the moment, I don't think. The City one, they've got Erling Haaland now. Liverpool, if they were even considering going for Harry Kane, they brought in Darwin Nunes. There was talk of maybe Pochettino going to Manchester United. And if that had happened, could the connection then of Pochettino bringing Kane to United? That will, we'll never know because Eric Ten Hag is the manager at Manchester United. It'll be interesting to see where Pochettino goes next. Mm -hmm. But then by the same token, the big clubs, the big, big clubs where Pochettino could have gone before, they're not looking for a, for a new manager just now. So to me, it seems like Last summer would have been the time if he was going to leave that Kane would have left. He didn't. Um, he got back onto the scoring trail again under Antonio Conte. And I think a lot of his future and Conte's future might be intertwined with each other, you know? If Kane believes that there's a long-term future there under Antonio Conte, then he will see that the club is going somewhere and that there's a vision for this club. Because as much criticism as he gets and his representatives get for signing that long-term contract, nobody put a gun to your head, Harry, you signed that contract without a release clause. On the flip side, he signed that contract when Mauricio Pochettino was in charge. And he was of the belief that Mauricio Pochettino was there for the long term. And that would have been one of the reasons he would have signed that contract. I'm sure of it because he was there alongside Mauricio Pochettino playing the best football of his career and thought, right, I see a long-term future here because we've been challenging for the title under this manager. He's here for the long haul. I can sign this new contract because uh, this club is going places. And then, you know, that, that Champions League final just seemed to represent, as opposed to the beginning of something, which it looked like it was now when you look back for Liverpool, it kind of looked like it was the end of something for Tottenham Hotspur rather than the platform to build on something. And then Pochettino went and the Nuno came in and, and that didn't really work out. But now Tottenham have got their hands on, on a fantastic manager. And I think 
that that will be one of the influencing factors if and when uh, a contract offer is put on the table in front of Harry Kane? This is why I asked the question, Domesh, because if I was a world-class player going into a meeting with Fabio Prasci, um about signing for Tottenham Hotspur and then the player said, well, how long is Antonio Conte going to be at the club for? You'd want to know that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be one of the 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 things that would have to be discussed. Uh, I'm sure, look, Antonio Conte would have been in these talks with Fabio Paratici when they signed these players and they probably did ask him straight out, you know, are you going to be here? But then, you know, that's not always the absolute decisive factor for, for joining a club because you're joining a football club as well. There, there mm. might be players who will look around that training ground and look around that stadium and know that there's Champions League football there and think, I want to be part of this. And Antonio yeah. Conte is the manager. Well, I want to play under him. So all of those factors will have, will have come into play. But I, I get what you're saying. Yes, I'm sure if Antonio Conte can give assurances that he's going to be around for as long as they're contracted to Tottenham Hotspur, then it's going to have a, it's going to be a big factor for these players. Do you think that Spurs will win a trophy next year? Hmm. Um, this is a Tottenham podcast, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Darmesh, thanks so much. The 15 year wait is nearly over. I'm hoping so, I tell you. Um, Darmish, thanks so much for your time. You're, you've been a brilliant guest as normal. Um, and tell everyone where they can find you on social media. And I, I've no doubt you'll be back tomorrow talking talking transfers again. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm flying to Bordeaux for a wedding tomorrow. So okay. I'll still have my phone on, but on silent. Yes. But uh, yeah, you can find me. Um, just the nice messages, please. It's at Sky Sports underscore chef on Twitter. Just the nice ones. Absolutely. Well, Darmesh, thanks so much. And thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button and I will see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.